Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. This morning, we're going to focus in on a concern that we've heard about for years, that our young athletes today don't seem to have as much fun as we did when we were growing up. Now, of course, there's no quantifiable way to measure this. It's just a a general observation. But these days, the way in which we raise our kids in sports, it it just seems that we really don't put fun as a top priority. Now, why do I say that? Because just when our kids are old enough to be signed up for youth soccer or baseball or softball, whatever sport it may be, we put them on a team with a coach and we immediately expect our kids to perform well and to win. Now, think back to when you were a kid. You probably went out with your buddies from the neighborhood You chose up teams, you put boundaries or out-of-bounds markers on the field, and you just started to play. No parents, no refs, no leagues, just kids left to their own devices and their imagination. If, For example, if you were a right-handed batter in baseball and you wanted to try and hit left-handed, well, you just did. Nobody would tell you to stop that and to hit right-handed. If you wanted to catch a pop-up behind your back, you could. If you wanted to fool around and shoot free throws underhanded, there was no problem. But these days, come on, no kid could ever get away with that kind of so-called fun behavior. It just isn't done. It's just not tolerated. Have we as sports parents really lost our way with our kids and the concept of fun? Well, to answer this essential question, and I really think this is important, I went to my old buddy and teammate, Rob Nelson. In short, no one knows more about kids and having fun than Massapequa's own Rob Nelson. Uh, Nelly was a terrific left-handed pitcher in high school and in college at Cornell, played in the minors, where he created Big League Chew with his minor league teammate, Jim Bouton. And by the way, Nelly is going to be inducted into the Massapequa Sports Hall of Fame this coming summer. He joins us this morning from his home out in Portland, Oregon, where it's about 5 o'clock in the morning. Nelly, how are you? Very well, Rick. Thanks. Are you awake? Are you... (laughs) Do you have coffee? Yeah, well, Starbucks Starbucks saved me this morning. They were open at uh, 5 minutes to 5, so I'm uh, in my car and ready to go. Things are good here. It's it's a balmy 28 here. I heard on the news in New York it's 24, so... Uh, we're living large here. <laughs> okay. Well, Nelly, let, let, let's talk about all this because 
The concept this morning is about the fact that kids today don't seem to, you know, when you watch kids in, in youth leagues and youth sports, practices, whatever, I'm talking about kids, you know, starting around the age of seven, eight, or nine, right through into high school, the, the, the whole sense of fun as a priority seems to have been lost along the way. Uh, it just seems to be squeezed out of their whole concept because we as sports parents are now expecting so much from our kids at such an early age, and we lose sight of the fact that when we were children growing up, as I said, we used to go out and just go out and have spontaneous good times because there weren't any structured leagues or any formal uh, expectations. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, I, as you well know, I've done the Southampton Baseball School for the last 34 years, and uh, the emphasis is fundamentals and fun. Uh, and not necessarily in that order. And uh, it seems to work out really well. We don't keep score when we play ball games. Kids do hit left-handed who've never done it before. Uh, you know, left-handed players have played third base. Uh, it, it, it seems to work really well. I think the fundamental difference from my perspective is that, <clears throat> that kids really want to play. And, and coaches basically really want to win. Yes. And there's your dichotomy. I think that if leagues are set up where it just wasn't that important to make the Final Four or get into the championship game, uh, I think everybody would be happier, including the coaches. Now, you mentioned, of course, the, the, the famous uh, Southampton baseball camp that you run for years and years. Uh, I, I, I do want to talk about that a bit because uh, I know you come back every summer uh, back to your roots on Long Island and you run this camp. You know, it's it's just different. Uh, it is unique. It's a throwback. It's uh, somebody has described it as a a camp, which is uh, where Robin Williams meets Cal Ripken. It, it's <laughs> it's a pretty good line um, because it's it's it, they, we'll put it this way: the the, the so called drills and skills that you're teaching to these kids, and these are kids what ages nine to how old? 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay, so these are the kids at their real learning years of how to play baseball. Um, but So they're having fun, and that is obviously what we're talking about this morning. They're, they're learning about how to have fun, which for these kids is probably a new experience. And, and Tell us what happens at your camp, because uh, I think parents would find this uh, fascinating. Well, it's a day camp, and it's three and a half hours long. It starts at 9, ends at about 12.30. Uh, the town of Southampton does a great job getting all the signups and the fields ready and so forth. <clears throat> but basically, we split into a, a drill section and a, a scrimmage section. And because I only take about 30 kids, we're playing seven-on-seven on, seven on the field. The reason for that is I'm pitching to both teams, and I've got one of my former campers who's either a high school kid or a college kid who's catching for me. Mm -hmm. So we've got nonstop play uh, during the scrimmage th uh, section. But on the outfield perimeter, we've got three or four kids catching ground balls or fly balls or bunting or hitting wiffle balls, uh, pitching drills. Uh, we're just doing fundamental stuff. Uh, and, and then during the game, it's purely instructional league stuff. Uh, it's fun because each half inning, one of the kids on the team at bat gets to pick the batting order, which is kind of funny because everybody's going to get there at bat. Well, all seven kids get to hit per half inning. But it's fun to have the kids involved where they pick the batting order and uh, they'll pick their best friend or the, themselves first or fourth. And then eventually you'll you learn the etiquette that you don't, you don't put yourself first when you're, when you're picking the lineup. Uh, if you do that, you get one less strike when you get up to play. Uh, 
But that works. It really does. And, and the kids get that. And, and in, in terms of the game, it's just one continuous uh, uh, stream of, of, of play. And, the, and we tweak the rules. Five strikes and you're out. Foul balls don't count. Nobody gets a base on balls because I'm throwing 40 feet away, and I'm the umpire as well, so nobody can strike out. Now, talk but about- I will say this. On the, on the odd instance where somebody does happen to miss five balls, yeah. they don't walk to the dugout with their head down. I'll say, Freddie, get up there. Try it left-handed. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> and he'll hit the ball left-handed and, and typically reach first base somehow. Now, how long does it take the kids to sort of understand that this is not about winning or losing? They actually sort of say, you know, I guess it's okay to sort of take a a, a deep breath and just uh, smile and, and enjoy the experience. How long does that usually take, Nelly? Probably, probably the first fifteen minutes of camp when <laughs> when I've got one of uh, every one of my coaches. Every one of my coaches was a kid in the camp, so it's like having seven Ed McMahon's laughing at all my jokes. <laughs> Uh, which is perfect, you know? So everybody understands that this is not your ordinary camp. There are no camp T-shirts. There are no trophies. There's no speech that lasts more than 60 seconds. And it's typically along the lines of uh, when you're bunting, keep the, the handle down and the bunt will go down. Just little little mantras that I have. Make an L because you love to throw. You know, put your knee up and down and your toes in the ground and you'll hit the ball. So everybody knows the, the, my shtick. They know you got to make that play, and it's that is mostly spoken in you know tongue in cheek kind of thing. What do you do? But with, I think when the first, yeah, I'm so, sorry, Rick. Go what, ahead. what do you do with with fair and foul calls? If it's close, it's a fair ball typically, uh, and and you know for, you know Kate will say in the first game and the first day, Coach Rob, that ball was six inches foul. And I'll say, you know, Jimmy hit that ball so hard, I don't have the heart to call it foul, number one. <laughs> number two, it might have been fair from where I'm standing. And number three, umpires make bad calls. So that's something you're learning this week, that, that umpires do make calls that aren't appropriate or, or correct, rather. And you have to learn to live with that and be a ball player, don't be an umpire. And, uh, again, it takes maybe 10 minutes for a kid to kind of figure that out in his head. And then when he gets up to bat and hits a ball hard, that happens to be foul and it gets called fair for him. He understands that everybody's getting a fair shot out there. We're talking this morning with Rob Nelson, uh, who among other things in his amazing life, uh, invented uh, big league chew back in the seventies and a bullpen in Portland, Oregon, uh, with his teammate at the time, Jim Bouton. Uh, it's an amazing story and I hopefully we'll have a chance to, to, uh, go through that uh, later on in the hour. But right now we're talking with Nelly about kids learning how to have fun in sports today. And, and uh, we've just been talking about this wonderful camp that, that Rob runs out in Southampton every summer. Uh, later on in the hour, we'll, we'll talk about the um, more details and how people can get, get more information if they want their youngster to go out and learn about how to have fun playing baseball. It's a remarkable, remarkable and unique kind of experience. Uh, and of course, we'll take calls at one 337 6666 But first, let me take a time out. Uh, uh, when I said, when I come back, we'll talk more with Rob Nelson about this very important topic of how we can make sure our kids are having fun playing sports these days. We seem, I fear that for parents today who grew up in a world where they had a lot of good times, we may have lost our way with our own children. Okay, let me take a time out. Pete McCarthy is here this morning. He has your update. When I return, I'll go right to your calls. Stay with me. Radio.com. 
Welcome back to the Sports Edge, everyone. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. I'm talking this morning with my old friend and and uh, baseball teammate, Rob Nelson. Uh, we're talking about kids and having fun in sports, and it sounds like such a simple concept, but of course, these days, with all the kids starting at much younger ages and, and getting involved in uh, structured uh, leagues and, and formal coaching and specialization to earlier ages, uh, we do have a sense that kids today are losing a sense of how to have fun, basic enjoyment when they play sports. And if you don't have that, it's if you don't have that fun element as part of your sports experience, it's going to be very diff- difficult to continue on and to pursue that that passion in sports because it's not seen anymore as being enjoyment; it's seen as being work. And we're taking your calls here at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Nelly, let's let's get to some of our callers. Let's start with uh, our friend A.J. over in Princeton, New Jersey. A.J., good morning. You're on the fan. Uh, good morning, Rick, and good morning, Nellie. Uh, good morning. Rick, as I, as I start off every conversation with you, I am glad that I grew up when I grew up. Yes. And you and I are about the same age. Yep. And sports is such an important part of my life now, and I would, uh, you know, I would highlight the word enjoyment now. Growing up, it was fun. Um, and actually, what was important during my, my, my growing up, and I'm talking about all sports. I mean, if, if it was a sport, you know, I basically started playing when I was about 10, but baseball, I started earlier than that. I think I, uh, I, think I had a uh, baseball bat in my crib, actually. Um, so what the, I had some notes from a few weeks ago, and, you know, you kind of hit it on the head here. Um, the concept of free play when I was growing up, before we ever joined any kind of a league or whatever, um, go to the you know the local school, which is a mile away, uh, uh, you know a friend's backyard during the summer. Um, we played stickball, and stickball was was great because first of all we also learned, we learned how to hit, pitch, field, all this kind of stuff. But I started switch hitting, and I was imitating Mickey Mantle. I was imitating Roger Maris. Um, yeah, and all that stuff. Um, we you know we played bounces and grounders stuff like that. We'd had just have catches. But there's a very important point here. One of the games that we played, you know, running bases, if you remember that, you get a guy uh, in a rundown. AJ, I was just going to say, running bases was like the universal game that every kid in America played, uh, and it was so simple to learn and, and to do with the tennis ball or whatever it might be, and yet, I don't know if kids play running bases anymore. The pros can't even do so. it, Rick. Rick, the pros, <laughs> see, the problem is, when I watch Yankee games, when I watch games now, how many times do they screw it up? <laughs> they can't even get it right. And I'm not, I'm not kidding here. And you know I'm not kidding. <laughs> well, well, I said, what you, what you watch today is it's, it's, it's appalling to watch. It's disgraceful because as kids, we had these fundamentals down. And it was by playing games. So right. I, I appreciate what I did growing up. I encourage the other subject that you always have on the show, play a lot of sports. Yeah. Just get exposed yeah. to everything. And you learn competitiveness and that turns into a life skill. And I've told you about my, you know, again, my career now as a uh, an entrepreneur wannabe in the golf business, as an author, as an inventor. It all started by playing baseball as a kid and having fun with sports. AJ, uh, your thoughts are right on target. And as always, I thank you for your for your insights. Thank you for the call this morning. And and Rob, I just want to ask you because you know he AJ had some good thoughts about all this, and that is that you know the 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 most fundamental, easy easiest uh, games to learn as a kid running bases, 
uh, you know, throwing the ball back and forth, uh, trying to, you know, to evade getting tagged uh, by somebody who's catching the ball, some kid your age, uh, learning how to catch pop-ups. You know, we we laugh and sort of joke about the fact that some of the guys at the big league level, you know, have a hard time with this. I mean, I often sit there and I watch a kid in the the major leagues and he loses a ball in the sun. I'm thinking, how can that be? Didn't you learn as a kid how to how to shield the sun by using your glove uh, or to use sunglasses? How, how can that be? Or catch a pop-up or not be so unfamiliar that the wind might might cause a ball to drift a certain way? Uh, or the loss of bunting. The kids today just don't know how, don't don't want to bunt. It, it's, it's really, it all, to me, it all stems back to the earliest ages when they were learning how to do this on the playground. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think a lot of it has to do with the, the formation of uh, leagues that have professional coaches and, and the goals. You, oh, I always read the literature all the time. We want to take your kid to the next level. And, and, and I, I understand that, but at, at our baseball camp, we want to take each kid to what level they were at to a step or two or three above. It's not like, it's not like everybody's goal should be to get a college scholarship or, or to play for, for the Yankees or the Mets or, or any big league club. Just play for the sake of playing and learn a few things. When I was doing clinics in Sydney, Australia, uh, talking about having boys and girls in the program, questions came up. They said, well, why do you want girls, mate, you know, in, in the program? And I said, well, we want people to learn to love the game. And even if you don't yet have a league for girls, the more people who appreciate the fun that the game is, they'll become part of the game. Uh, maybe they'll become coaches or scorekeepers or umpires or something. But uh, you want everybody to understand that this game is basically fun. And the more people you get involved with it, the better off it'll be. I think also you know, the economic profile is that it's tough to make a living today. And you have a lot of virtually all families now have mom and dad are both working or both parents are both working. And uh, so it's easier to hire a professional coach or have your kids involved in a league where the kids are taken care of so the parents can go out and do what they need to do as parents. And, and I think the leisure time thing applies to parents as well. So it's a very complicated issue. And I, I know with my camp, it's a throwback kind of thing, but I do see the, the, the kids who are in travel ball and elite teams and going to these showcases are each year fewer and fewer of those uh, kids are coming into my camp because they're too busy playing in a competitive format. And uh, it, it's unfortunate. I don't know what the answer is. You know, my, my small thing is a couple of weeks a year, I go back to Long Island and we just have, a hell of a lot of fun. When I run into guys now who are 40 years old, I say, hey, Coach Rob, how you doing? Started in 1986, and it's pretty much the same formula after 33 years. So uh, I, I wish there was more of it. I don't know what the answer is. All I know is what you're talking about is absolutely right, to let kids play for the sake of playing. The fact that we don't keep score during our games. I remember a kid running off the field and asking me, Coach Rob, what's the score? And I said, uh, Phil, I think it's 11 to 8. And he asked if his team was ahead or behind. And I said, I'm not sure. <laughs> you know? and, the, and the kid didn't blink an eye. What he asked me next was, can I make the lineup? He just wanted to be involved. He wanted to have a conversation with his coach. But basically, he was setting me up to ask me if he could make the batting order the next inning. <laughs> and that made me smile. You know, I didn't say, what do you mean you don't know the score? Well, I didn't know the score. And I think... 
when you get to do that over and over, and part of it, you know, in my situation, and my two older brothers, Ed and Harry, we were always playing games and, and making up rules as we went along. <laughs> and and the joy of that is why, you know, I'm seven years old now, and I'm still doing it with the, you know, the enthusiasm of when I was 20. And uh, I think it's because it's always been enjoyable for me to do, and I think it's contagious. I think the kids buy into it that, hey, this is pretty cool. There's no player of the day. There's no most improved player. There's no trophy at the end. At the end of camp, I'll say, wear sunscreen, go to the beach, thank your mom and dad and your grandparents for getting you here on time, see you next summer. And that's it. 30-second speech at the end of the show, and then the kids go have fun somewhere else. It's just, uh, you know, as you said, that that learning and uh, to have fun, enjoying yourself, uh, that just, as you said, it just lasts a lifetime. As I said, the reason I'm doing the show this morning is I'm I'm fearful that we, we may be having this generation of young kids today who are somehow being, you know, they're not getting the benefit of that. Uh, and Nellie, before I forget, just tell people if they if they want to find out more about your camp, which you run for so many years, where can they? How can they contact you, or or how can they find out more information about about yourself? Well, they, they, camp? you know, as I said, it's a day camp only, and it's typically six days, two six day sessions uh, through the town of Southampton on Long Island. Uh, I'll take a risk and give you my email address. It's simply Rob Nelson at BigLeagueChew.com. Uh, but the town will probably know more at this point than I do. But anybody wants to get in touch with me, I'm fine with that. It's a small camp. Like I said, we take no more than 30 kids for a couple of sessions, uh, and kids of all levels are invited. And that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed hearing from parents, saying that, you know, you treat every kid as if they were the most valuable player, and my coaches buy into that because they remember when they were 11 in the camp that they were a part of that. I don't think I've had any of my coaches ever play college baseball. They just come back and do the camp. Uh, they work their summer schedule around so they can be a part of the camp because it's it's just a, it's as much fun for them as it is for the kids. So Rob Nelson at BigLeagueChew.com or the town of Southampton. Uh, I typically run one session one week in July and one week in August. And I gather this year the reason why you're – you're, you're letting one week uh, sort of lie fallow is because of the induction into the Massapequa Hall of Fame? <laughs> well, that's just a one-night experience. I got, I got the call about a month ago, and I'm, I'm absolutely stunned. Quite frankly, my two brothers were better athletes than I, and my dad was on the school board for nine years, uh, a big contributor to the Massapequa community. But as a family, we're all grateful that at least one of us got in, and my my, my Induction speech will be short, but it'll be mostly gratitude to my family and the Massapequa community. And talking about fun, the Massapequa community that I grew up in, we kind of led the league in fun. And we won a few championships, but more importantly, I mean, I still keep in touch with the guys 50 years after high school. Uh, it's just always fun to go back and, and, and have dinner and talk about what we did and what we didn't do. Uh, it's It's, you know... Again, it, the reason that it's so important to me is that the, the common denominator throughout your entire life is about having fun. And uh, as I mentioned before, of course, we talked about Big League Chew. Uh, that you were you were a ball player on the island, uh, left-handed pitcher, uh, control artist, had great success at Cornell. Went on to play or try to try to find your way in the minors, and eventually invented Big League Chew in a bullpen back in the '70s with with Jim Bouton, and of course Big League Chew has become an American 
uh, staple. Uh, it's an amazing, <laughs> amazing story. Uh, and I just wish we had, you know, uh, more time along this morning to talk more about that. But I want to get back to some of the callers as well. Let's continue our conversation with Rob Nelson. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Louie in Long Beach. Louie, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Good, Lou. And uh, great topic. Uh, one of the things I remember playing since, uh, I mean, I, I, I've been coaching soccer and lacrosse for over 30 years on the college and high school levels. Mm-hmm. I remember playing as a kid in the 60s and 70s. We always had fun, and our parents never made a big issue when we came home, you know, after a tough game. Today, the parents are complaining to the kids, even when they win, about what mistakes they made in the games. And uh, even if they win, they're, they're very critical of the kids, and I think that that's going to be changed. Because you know, I, I, that's what's a, happening is too much pressure on the kids. They're not able to enjoy the sport that they're playing, and it makes you talk even on the coaches. Because sometimes the feedback comes back to the coaches, and uh, you know it doesn't make a, a good situation in this matter. Louis, but, I think uh, that's, that, that's an excellent observation. Uh, thank you for the call, because... Yeah, parents today are so swept up with expectations that they don't give the kids a chance to to breathe and enjoy the fun, the satisfaction of just going out and playing. The parents want to know, okay, let's get this into the metrics. Uh, <clears throat> give us the numbers. Give us the stats. How did you do? What did the coach say? No, that's, that's not a good thing. That's going to have the impact of basically uh, squeezing the play and enjoyment out of your kids' experiences and they're not going to really understand that it's about uh, just having a good time. They're just going to find that their their play is now being transformed into work, and, and that's a real concern. That's uh, a real concern. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to Ed over in Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. You're on the fan. Good, good morning, Rick. How you doing? Good. How are you, Ed? Good. I want to ask Coach Nelson if if he tried to help Jim Bouton uh, keep his hat on in the bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Our last year in the minor leagues together was the summer of 1977. We were both Portland Mavericks. And uh, I was his pitching coach. And it was quite hilarious because the following year in 78, he made it to the big leagues again with the Atlanta Braves. And I jokingly said to him, I said, he's the only kid I ever coached who made it to the big leagues. But Jim was an awesome teammate. And uh, without Jim Bouton, there would be no big league too. You know, he used to say that I had the inspiration, and he was the perspiration. He is the guy who pounded the pavement to find a place first to uh, where the gum could be manufactured. As a teammate, he was extraordinary. You know, there was a documentary done about five years ago called The Battered Bastards of Baseball about the Portland Maverick team. And Kurt Russell, the actor, he, uh, his dad owned the team, and that was a team that led the Northwest League in fun. And it's about an 80-minute documentary. It's on Netflix. And it highlights a lot of Jim Bouton's input on that team. Here was a guy almost 40 years old playing with a bunch of guys in their 20s, and we just loved him as a teammate. He never big-leagued us. He really understood the concept of fun. One of his great quotes was he said to the manager, Frank Peters, who I ran into last week, he said, Bouton once said to me, it's only with this team that I finally understand baseball. It was just such a great line because Jim, you know, when he was on Johnny Carson, Johnny said the the one line that said that, you know, the owner of the team said he's a boy and he'll always be a boy. And he was referring to Jim. And he asked Jim, what did he mean by that? He said, I don't know. I just kind of have this innocent enthusiasm. And I love the Portland Mavericks, even though I'm making $400 a month. 
<laughs> well, that, it's amazing because you you, you say the, the term fun. You don't see kids out playing baseball or like when I was a kid, I would, we would each guy that, that we, we always played three games a day. Everyone would take turns uh, stealing mom's flower to make the batter's boxes or the foul lines and all that stuff. <laughs> you, you, you don't, you don't see that anymore. And, no, um, Ed, you I, don't. It's sad. It, we're, we're, uh, yeah, Ed, I got to take a break. Thank you for the call. Do what you got to do, Rick. I'll talk to you. Thanks, Ed. You know, and and that's true, Nelly. The fact is that we were we improvised as kids. Uh, as Ed says, you know, you'd steal you know, some flour to put up, make batter's boxes, and we had to figure out uh, out of bounds markers or boundaries and that kind of stuff. That's how that was all part and a, an integral part of having fun as a kid because you're using your imagination to make the games possible. And that doesn't happen anymore. Kids come to ballparks, the fields are already lined, everything, there's a PA system, there's scoreboards. That doesn't, the imagination is sort of shoved off to the side. All right, let me, let me take a timeout. We're talking this morning with Rob Nelson, the inventor of Big League Chew, who is, uh, knows more about having fun in sports than anybody I know. Stay with me, back <laughs> with more after this. And don't forget that uh, 9 o'clock this morning, uh, it is Ed Randall. He is back talking baseball. Truth is, I don't think Ed has ever stopped talking baseball. <laughs> in any event, he'll be here live in person and, of course, talking about the national pastime. And as always, I invite you to check out uh, my website and my blog at askcoachwolf.com. Also, some, uh, some special news. Uh, I am almost finished recording the audio version of Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed. Uh, the uh, audio publisher, Audible, tells me that the, uh, the version should be on sale within uh, a couple of months. So again, that's, uh, that's very welcome news. Uh, this morning we're talking with Rob Nelson, uh, the uh, co-creator of Big League Chew, about kids and having fun in sports. Uh, it sounds such a like such an innocent and naive topic, but in fact, it's extraordinarily important because I do worry. I keep hearing from a lot of coaches and parents that they worry that their kids aren't having fun playing sports. And we're taking your calls at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Nelly, let's continue with our calls. Let's go to Edward and Sandy Hook. Edward, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, Rick. How are you? Good, Edward. How are you? Pretty good. Um, love your show. Thank you. Great topic. Um, I just want to say uh, about the kids having fun. Um, I coached my son for about uh, from when he was four to about, you know, um, maybe fourteen. Mm-hmm. And then he went. And then he went into high school. He uh, he started as a freshman. Uh, got in there. Uh, started. Uh, shortstop and everything. Right. And and after that, he said, I'm not having any fun anymore. I want to shut it down. Okay. Did he tell you why he was and, having fun? Uh, just because of the coaches, and uh, I, I don't know. He just he just said he wasn't having fun anymore, so he just, he just stopped. Well, Edward, that's exactly what we're talking about this morning, because obviously that's what happens. Uh, kids get to a point, uh, and thank you for the call. I mean, the fact is that the kids get to a point, they say it's not fun. And once that element is gone, once it disappears, it's very, very hard to get back into their life, and, and they just walk away from sports. And it's disappointing, and it's, it's heartbreaking for a parent, particularly somebody like Edward, who obviously coaches kids for 10 years. 
It's just what we're trying to do is to make sure that it's an enjoyable experience so the kid, when the season, one season ends, they can't wait to come back the following year and, and, and play again because it was the lingering memory is one of enjoyment and fun. Let's, uh, let's go to our friend Jack Smithlin over in Farallon. Jack, good morning. Uh, I know that fun is a key component of what you teach your kids. Oh, it definitely is, Rick. And uh, once again, great, great topics. Um, you know, it, it's funny because one of the things that I, I, I think about all the time is that, and I think um, that uh, that baseball camp that uh, Ed's doing, or what's the, your guest's name? Rob Nelson. Rob, Rob, um, is excellent because what you're actually doing is teaching kids how to have fun, and it's pretty sad when we have to teach kids how to have fun. But, you know, in my opinion, and you could talk about this topic for hours and hours, like every one of your topics, but the, the funny thing is is that the parents set the goals for the kids. Mm-hmm. They don't allow kids to set their own goals. And when you're setting goals for your kids and the kid's not happy and he's trying to please you or she's trying to please you, she's going through or he's going through the motions, and then all of a sudden one day when they realize, you know what, I don't want this, they walk away. Yep. And when you do not allow them to have fun, when coaches don't allow practices to be fun, you know, one of the things I say to every one of my kids that I've coached is, are you having fun? Are you, is it something that you want to continue to do because you're enjoying it? Not because you want to try to get a scholarship or make the varsity or anything like that, but are you having fun doing what you're doing? And you know what, Rick? You know, your shows bring out all of this, and, you know, and we always look for solutions, but I think the two solutions are exactly what Rob's doing because his camp is actually teaching kids how to continue to have fun or to have fun. And... If it's not fun, find something else. Yeah, I, you know, Jack, I, 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 that's I, what you have to say. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I think that is the, the focal point. As you said, it, it's kind of a little bit discouraging and disheartening that we have to teach our kids how to have fun playing sports, but that is the state of the art today when it comes to youth sports. Jack, thank you for the call. I'll talk right. to you soon. You know, and, and Nellie, that, that's what we're talking about here. We're telling our kids we have to take the time to explain to them how to, ha- how to have fun, you know? Yeah. I, Rick, it, it's really interesting to me. I always remember my mom saying to my brothers and I, go out, go out and play catch. Just go out and do something. You know, it wasn't <laughs> like we got a... We got a tutor for you or something like this. Just get out of the house. Just go play ball. Oh, and Jeannie was great at that. You know, it, 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 we were lucky to have that experience. Hey, Nelly, before I forget, I, I do, speaking of having fun, and uh, obviously we know in the last week or so, Major League Baseball is trying to introduce a whole raft of new rule changes. I know that one of the things you do for fun is to try to think of new ways to invent or re recreate rules for the game. And just the other day, you told me that you have a new idea to reinvent the infield fly rule, which, of course, <laughs> anybody who's watched a Little League game or has coached a Little League game or a high school game, the infield fly rule is a complicated concept for a lot of people. But you have now come up with an idea, and I want you to get it out there to our listeners before we <laughs> run out of time this morning. Tell us your new idea for the infield fly rule. And it seems it's just to be genius. Tell us about it. Okay. I can't believe you're giving me the podium to do this. I am. The infield fly rule, you know, was created to prevent the defense, the team in the field, from executing a, a tainted double play. Right. By letting a ball drop and getting a runner out at third and then at second base. 
So it favors the defense. A pop fly goes in the air. If it's not caught, the batter is out, no matter what happens. So I tweaked that and said, suppose when an umpire calls infield fly, the rule book says any ball deemed to be an infield fly is simply a foul ball, no matter where it lands, which means if the defense makes the catch, the batter's out. Yeah. But if the defense doesn't make the catch, the ball hits the ground, no matter where it lands, it's basically a do-over. Again, going back to that concept of fun. <laughs> so you're punishing the defense for not making a routine play. But the thing about that, its simplicity is that now the infield fly rule will slightly favor the team at bat rather than the team at feet in the field. So that's a 50-50 toss-up anyway. So for the sake of simplicity, any infield fly is a foul ball. So when the ball hits the ground... Uh, the batter goes back and hits, gets an extra strike. If it was a one-on-one count, now it's a one-and-two count. So there's a bit of a punishment there. Yeah. But you don't have to spend hours of practice time explaining the rule to your players. They just say, no, it's a foul ball, go back. And you can explain that you don't want the defense to get an unfair advantage to make a, a bogus double play. And if that's what the objective was for the infield fly, the simplest way to do it is to call it a foul ball. You might remember that playoff game, Chipper Jones' last game, where an infield fly was called. The ball hit the ground. Runners scrambled all over the place. The fans in Atlanta were so irate, they threw stuff on the field. It took them a half an hour to get the stuff off of the field. My rule makes it easier for the umpires and easier for the players and the fans. Okay, he didn't catch it. It's a do-over. Again, it's in the spirit of fun, but also in the spirit of speeding up play and keeping things simple. When I tried to explain the infield fly rule to 11-year-old kids in my camp, it's almost like they want to go play lacrosse. <laughs> you know, It's like, this is too complicated. I don't need this game. Keep it simple. Make it, uh, well, uh, it one-stop shopping. I mean, I, I've tried to, you know, look at this and, and evaluate it and dissect it, and I'm thinking, you know, it actually makes a lot of sense, and it's very simple to understand. If it's an infield fly situation, uh, if the defense, the the guy, the team in the field makes the catch, the batter is out, nobody advances, fine. If they don't make the catch, uh, it's just a foul ball. Nobody has to worry about tagging up or moving or progressing. It's just a foul ball. Uh, the term you use, which again is a throwback, uh, it's a do-over. Uh, do-overs, <laughs> no kids today, thanks to instant replay or video, they don't know what a do-over is. But again, it's all part of fun, and it does, if Major League Baseball is going to go through a process here of trying to reevaluate the rules in order to speed the game up, I like this concept a lot. And I think, as you said, it's, it's uh, much easier to explain to an 11-year-old or to a, a parent in the stands as well. I think it's a great idea, and I, I applaud you. Uh, yes, uh, people in baseball have heard this first on the Sports Edge. That's what we should do, reinvent the infield fly rule. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Uh, Nelly, let's go on. Let's, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Pete in Marlboro. Pete, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. Yes, Pete. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to, first of all, thank you for taking my call, and I'm really glad you guys are talking about the subject. I grew up in the, in the 60s. We did play, like you were saying, you know, there were no foul lines and, 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 and bases. We, our bases were, were basically spots in the grass that were worn out. Our, 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 line, our, our, our lines between bases were about 25 feet long, 20 to 25 feet long. What I'm, the point I'm trying to think is we made it fun. We, we had a bunch of kids in the area. A lot of us were, were relatives. 
There were boys and girls. We all played. As a matter of fact, and this is the real reason I'm calling lecture about my my cousin was born with dwarfism, and although she could walk and kind of run, we allowed her to play. But what we did with the rules with that, talking about rules, was if Patty hit a fly ball, she was out. If Patty hit the ball on the ground, she automatically gets to first base. Mm-hmm. So if the That's bases awesome. are loaded, Patty, yeah, Patty, Patty hits the ground ball, base are loaded, she gets an RBI, we get a run. But I love the that. Point is that we, we, made, we made the rules so everybody could play. It was fun and exactly what that doesn't happen today. And I just want to thank you guys. I thought you'd enjoy hearing that little story. Uh, but that's what we did as kids in the 60s Pete, growing up in the Hudson Valley. Pete, that's exactly what we're talking about. And thank you uh, for telling us uh, about Patty. Uh, you know, and, and Nellie, again, the, 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 the beauty, the, the passion, the enjoyment that kids have when they have their, they're allowed to use their imagination and to reinvent the rules, not just with baseball or softball, but pretty much any sport, that, that I fear uh, that that ability, that talent, that creativity, that seems to have been pushed pushed away or pushed out of the picture these days because we have all these formal leagues uh, starting at very very early ages and and of course the the thrust to to be competitive and to to play in specialized sports. But we that's that's to me is the source of all the fun and enjoyment that kids have today. I mean, it's as simple as that. So. Nelly, before I let you go, tell us again if people are interested, if they're going to be out on the island this summer, they want to know what the Southampton camp, how, they can track you at what, uh, Rob Nelson at BigLeagueChew.com, is that correct? That's correct. Or the town of Southampton. The, the, the field is Red Creek Park. It's in Hampton Bays. It's just a really simple, no-frills program, but I do think we lead the league in fun, and uh, I've got a lot of happy campers out there who are you know, 50 years old. They can't believe how much fun they had there. Well, and, thanks. Thanks for giving me this platform, Rick. Uh, really Nelly, it's always it. a joy to talk to you, bring a smile to so many people's faces. And uh, again, folks, you all know about Big League Chew. The next time you go and you pick up a pack of Big League Chew, you can read about Rob Nelson and on the back of it and this extraordinary story. It's in a tremendous all-American success story of this kid from Massapequa. <laughs> who always has a smile on his face, and uh, obviously the sun's always shining wherever you are, Nelly. So thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. Rick, thanks for having me, man. I'm going back to bed now. <laughs> okay, Rob. Take care. That's Rob Nelson. He's checking in from Portland, Oregon, where he's kind of thing up this morning at 5 a.m. out there to, to help us out. All right, let me take a quick time out. I'll be back with more. Stay with me. Friends, I, I'm just delighted to have Rob Nelson on the show this morning. And again, take what he says. We're talking about play. Take that seriously because, you know, if, if, the, if you want your kids to really continue on playing sports through middle school, high school, and beyond, and really for the rest of their life, it all starts with having fun. And, and you know, with, as I mentioned, or as Rob said earlier on the show, kids today just want to play from an early age, whereas we feel the coaches... And the parents sometimes are more focused on wanting to win. And, and, and you know, it's all about having fun. It, ask yourself, the next time you watch your son or daughter go out and play in sports, do you see, are they laughing? Are they having fun? Is there a smile on their face? Are they having a good time? That's really, really important. Because if they aren't, don't be surprised if they tell you a few years down the road that they want to quit because they just aren't having fun anymore. Uh, again, it's an important important and key necessary part of playing youth sports. 
Okay, that's going to do it for me and this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Pete Ned. Stick around for Ed Randall. He is up next. I'll see you next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.